as cheesy as it sounds, I walked out on my deck, I looked up at the sky and I said, this is what I want my life to look like. And I just outlined what I wanted my life to look like, which was, I wanted to be able to work from anywhere. I wanted to work with words. I wanted to work with people who were energized about writing. And I did that, said, okay, don't know where that's going. Walked back inside and got my first client the next week. You're listening to Elizabeth Hans, also known as the Author Alchemist, a specialist in helping authors tell their genuine stories to empower others. And today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm excited to speak with Lisbeth Tans, also known as the author alchemist. That's because as a book ghostwriter, a coach, and editor, Liz's superpower is identifying the emotional source of her client's stories, and she turns them into powerful stories of hope, resiliency, and love as books in the self-help, self-improvement, and self-growth genres. Today, Liz will share her story of how she made the transition from corporate sales to successful solopreneur. And hang tight, because she's also going to share exactly how you can find your superpower using her three E's method. So Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, Liz, you, you did tell me before the show that you used to be a corporate sales exec. Uh, what was it that made you pursue the freelance life? Uh, extreme burnout. Uh, I was working way too many hours a week. Uh, I was traveling a lot and ended up becoming suicidal. So it was, it was, wow. it, it sounds dramatic, but it was becoming quit or die. And uh, I decided to quit. And it was a good thing that I did. I, then I freelanced for one of my clients for a year in the industry I was in, which was market research. Uh, that was definitely not a fit. The client was great. I'm just not an analyst. Uh, took care of my parents for, or my dad for a few years after my mom died unexpectedly. And then in 2005, decided that it was time for me to do something for me. And as cheesy as it sounds, I walked out on my deck, I looked up at the sky and I said, this is what I want my life to look like. And I just outlined what I wanted my life to look like, which was I wanted to be able to work from anywhere. I wanted to work with words. I wanted to work with people who were energized about writing. And I did that, said, okay, don't know where that's going. Walked back inside and got my first client the next week. Wow, that was a really quick turnaround time. Yeah. So from from yeah. decision to working freelancer, you had a, pretty much a week time frame there, which is, which is awesome. Now, what, what exactly did you do with your, your first uh, client? What was that? Uh, well, they owned a couple of newspapers here in St. Louis. And I first started out as kind of their marketing person. And uh, so doing a lot of the advertising and the, the outreach to get the, their name out there. Then it moved into, I moved into a sales role. It was something that I could do and then moved into the senior editor role. So I began working with the, it was an advertorial newspaper. So the, the advertisers would write their articles and then they would come to me. And then many times I was rewriting them. So then I started selling my services to write the articles for them. And that's, that was really where it all started. Gotcha. So that kind of got you into the writing aspect of, of what you do. Right. Right. Yeah. I just kind of eased into it. <laughs> so that sounds a little bit like what I do. I'm a copywriter. So writing a sales mm -hmm. and marketing copy, but 
uh, you kind of transitioned into book writing. How did that come about? You know, being a writer, being a content writer, um, I did a lot of different types of, of writing. Books were one of the things that I really loved. I like long form copy. Editing books is fun because I don't have to come up with the words. Somebody else did and I can go in and fix it. Uh, so it was really, uh, it was a long-term transition though. I, I had my first business, The Hired Pen, uh, from 2005 to 2016. And, and at that point was feeling pretty down about my business. I was, I, was, I was frustrated. I didn't feel like I was doing my best work. So I actually started to look for a job. Wow. And um, did all the, you know, the resume, hired a coach, but was the primary concern for me was my dog, Katie. She was getting older. She'd never not known me to be home uh, because I'd been home her entire life. So I was looking for jobs I could do from home or jobs I could take her with me. And then she suddenly died. And um, I just put everything on hold and, and really sat in the idea of what is it that I want to do? What do I really love doing? Because the idea of going to work for someone else just wasn't sitting well with me. I know you can probably relate to that. And I'm not even sure I'd be employable at this point. <laughs> and um, I kept coming back to books, back to books, back to books. And it's, so that's where Fuzzy Dog came from. And of course, Fuzzy Dog is, is it's, that's how I bring Katie with me. Gotcha. I was wondering about that. So that's really interesting. So, so Katie is honored in the name of your business. Yes. That's where Fuzzy Dog yes. comes from. I, I get it. So you, you kind of moved into to book writing and, and kind of used that as a, a kind of a springboard when you thought about what is it that I really enjoyed doing out of, what was that, maybe 10 years of, of freelancing and say, well, do I move into the corporate world again or do I, do I stick with what I have? Or This is obviously a big change for you, but it's also a way that you found to kind of niche down to exactly what is your superpower, as I kind of mentioned in the introduction, mm -hmm. uh, which is helping people find their stories. And what do you do to, to kind of bring that out of people? How do you do that? Oh, well, that's the fun part. Um, I mean, a lot of people come to me and they've already written something. And more than once after I've read their manuscript, I've gone back to them and said, I love the concept. I love how you've pulled this together. And there's still more work for you to do. Uh, one book that I read was uh, the woman was, was pretty angry about a lot of things that had happened in her life. And it came through on every page. So I was able to sit with her and, and coach her on how to soften the, the language and how to maybe even take some of the stories out because it really came down to, you know, how angry are you at your ex? And she's like, well, actually, I'm not so bad. I said, well, great. This is the book you needed to write for you. Now it's time to write the book that you need to write for the rest of us. And she did that and um, has a great book out now. It's gotten, gotten some acclaim, at least here in St. Louis. And she's, she's pretty happy with the, the whole event. That's awesome. I mean, I, I think that's so important, too, because we often tend to get kind of hung up on ourselves. And we see the world from this very little narrow tunnel that we have. And mm -hmm. it's good to get that outside perspective sometimes, I think, to, to really understand, look, there, there's more here than what perhaps you're seeing if you kind of can step outside yourself for a minute. I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like as a book coach, that's kind of what you do is you, you kind of help people step outside of, of their narrow view and mm -hmm. see it from a wider perspective. And that, that's, that's great. So how do you deal with clients that are like, well, this is what I want to write? You know, I'm curious, you ever get anybody that give you strong pushback says, I really don't want to <laughs> go that deep or what happens then? Well, it, in the end, it is their book. So I have two choices at that point. And usually that kind of a conversation comes out usually during our first conversation. I'm assessing, 
how agreeable are they to changes? Uh, and, and what is it that I've seen that maybe needs to change? So I'll talk about that with them. Honestly, if somebody is that dead set against any type of changes, and I just had this happen a few weeks ago, uh, he liked the way he had written his book, even though from my perspective, he was not positioning himself well in the marketplace. And I said, That's, I, I completely understand. I'm not the right person for you. I'm not the right editor for your manuscript. I know you've been interviewing other people, and that's, that's, you need to be talking to them. Uh, because I think he was a little surprised that I was coming back to him with suggestions, ways to enhance his credibility because he was going into a field that he does not have any expertise in. It's just something he likes to do. And he's written three books on, on different topics within this, the, it's in the finance industry, three books. And he has, he's got no name recognition. So typically those people don't end up working with me. And it's not because I'm saying, oh no, I don't want to work with you. It's more, we're just not a fit because I'm not a fit for everybody. Yes, and that's, that's such an important point. And solopreneurs, please listen to this. You really need to make sure that when you work with a client, and, and I've seen this in my own business, you need to make sure there's a good fit there. You need to be comfortable working with them. I'm sure when I, when I first started, <laughs> you know, it would work with whoever would give me the paycheck, right? Uh, and I'm sure mm. some folks are just getting started. That's what you do. But you yes. want to work with the people that you love working with them and they love working with you. And you have that match. It, it makes such a huge difference in the quality of the work that comes out and your enjoyment of what you actually do. If you're, if you're looking to uh, become a solopreneur or you are one and, and you're just not satisfied, perhaps it's the clients that you're allowing to work with you. And I, I love what Liz just said here. Make sure that you, you know, interview your clients, especially for long-term projects or, or big projects. Make sure that it's something that uh, will be a good fit for your business and for your personality and, and their personality because you're not doing them any favors if you're working with somebody who uh, you're not really a good fit for. So uh, make sure you consider that when you're taking on clients. Now, Liz, you, you kind of found your superpower as you talked about, and that's bringing out those stories from the authors that are a good fit for you. What is it that kind of people get stuck on the most as an author, as, as a writer? Where do you find people, they, they kind of have a, a sticking place where they may, may say, I'm not sure how to move forward past this or how to get to the next uh, step or level of what I'm trying to accomplish with my book. Um, what do you find are typical challenges with your clients? Obviously, it's, it will vary, but uh, for some people, it's just getting started, just writing those first words. And I'm guilty of this because, you know, I have stories I'd like to write and I'll write something and go, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> but that really is what it comes down to. You simply must start. And it can be not great. That doesn't matter. You're starting. The other thing is, especially when you're, people are telling their personal stories, there is, I've seen, I've noticed a tendency, and I think perhaps this is because of social media, because of the internet, people tend to kind of throw up on their reader. They tell them everything, every gory detail about themselves, as if they're almost saying, don't like me. This all happened to me and I'm a horrible person. And, you know, because I'm in the self-help arena that I can see why they would do that, but it isn't helpful. The things that people need to know about you are the things that you are able to overcome and the things that you are able to move beyond. And yes, there are horrible things that happen to you and we need to probably understand that backstory. 
but not in such detail that, that people are going, ooh, or they feel like voyeurs in your life. That's, that's, unless that really is the focus of your book, that's, that's really not appropriate. And it's not going to serve you very well. The, the other place people get stuck is the keeping going. Because writing a book is a longer process. It's not like a 500-word article, which a lot of people struggle to write. So what I talk with, with authors about, especially if they're writing, well, if they're writing their own book, is we break it down into chunks so that they're not looking at this 200-page book that they're going to be writing, and which is, frankly, today a very long book. But instead, we break, you know, books are broken down into chapters. Well, within those chapters, you have stories, you have segments. So if you segment each chapter, suddenly now you're just writing a bunch of segments. Now you're writing a bunch of 500-word articles, if you want to look at it that way. And that makes the process more simple. So if they can say, if an author can say, okay, well, I'm going to sit down today, I'm going to write this segment, and that's just this little bit, and they get it done, it's like, oh, why well, did it? Well, do I want to do another one? And of course, they're free to do that. So it makes the book writing process less onerous, less daunting, um, and I, I'd like to think more fun. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and it just takes away the overwhelm. And I, mm -hmm. I, I started a book manuscript several years ago, 70% complete, languishing on the hard drive. <laughs> that's a promise that was coming years ago. Never got done. And it was one of those things that I said, you know what, I do need to put this in a back burner because I really wasn't in a place to finish it. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a new book manuscript I'm, I'm working on right now. And I, I recognize exactly what you said about breaking those segments down. And, and that has been so tremendously helpful for me in writing this new manuscript. And I'm, I'm excited to have determined that's the way to get it done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that you shared that with our listeners, because that is definitely the way to make a book uh, seem like it's actually doable and not something that you have to feel overwhelmed by this huge chunk of work. No, you just, you just break down one step at a time. And it's like, you know, the old story of the elephant, how do you eat it? Well, I'm not gonna eat an elephant, but if I would, it'd be one bite at a time, right? And I'm curious, Liz, I'm gonna kind of shift the conversation a little bit. And for you personally, now you, you've recently, I think this is what, about three years ago that you've narrowed down your focus, say, this is exactly what I want to focus on uh, with my business. And of course, you've got a lot of experience prior to that. But where are you today? What is the next step for you and your business? I mean, we always want to grow as a, as a business, it seems like. Um, what's next for you? Your timing is so perfect, Steve, uh, because I just had this conversation with my coach yesterday. Being a solopreneur is fun, but we all share the same limitation of time. And I can only edit so many books a year. I can only ghostwrite so many books a year without going crazy and not having a life. Sure. I want to, you know, after working 80 hour weeks in corporate America, I am determined to have a life and not kill myself in my own business. So for me, my next step is really bringing in other people to create more of an agency model. And this ties in very well with something I've been passionate about since 2005. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess you've run into this too, Steve, is that writers and editors are seen as commodities in many ways by the internet community, more, more specifically, you know, internet marketers. You can go online, you can find somebody in the Philippines and they'll write something for you and it's, you know, it costs you three bucks. Well, that's great. But that doesn't translate over to the United States. It doesn't translate into the UK. It doesn't translate to people that are trying to make a living doing this in economies that demand we make more money than that. So what I've always wanted to do is be a conduit for other writers and editors to 
get more business. And one of the reasons that people don't make a lot of money as writers and editors and in other freelance businesses is they don't understand the marketing side because we have to do our own marketing. Exactly. And, you know, we wear all these hats and some fit better than others. And for, you know, we tend to be introverts if we're sitting in our offices writing away for other people. So the idea of marketing and doing public speaking and doing these things to get our name out feels scary. So as I mentioned, my goal is to really create more of an agency model where I can vet editors and writers and be able to bring people in, bring clients in, and then turn them over if it's, you know, if it's not something that, that I'm going to be doing. Because really what I would like to be doing is more of the coaching of the authors and helping the individual authors get done what they need done, but do that also in a group setting. So it's kind of a twofold uh, a twofold thing. And, and over the course of this, this coming summer, I'm going to be doing a great deal of work to, to really shore up the coaching side of my business and to develop that agency model and then come out with a bang probably in early fall. Oh, that's exciting. That's a, that's a tremendously exciting way to, to, uh, to move into the next level without having to put burden of all the work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and to still f- find a way to kind of expand. And I think that's important. You know, just because we're solopreneurs doesn't mean we have to be alone. And I think that is something that we tend to forget as we're type of way, you know, I work in my home bedroom office and you kind of get stuck in here. And that's why it's sometimes good to get outside of ourselves and to, to communicate and the network and, the, and the consider the fact that, yes, there's other people in the world uh, who we can work with. Just because it's our own business and we don't have an employee doesn't mean that we can't um, make those connections. And I think that's so important to, to have connections like that. Now, earlier in our, our podcast, we certainly mentioned about the three E's method, uh, about how to find your superpower. Now, you found yours, Liz. Um, I'd love to uh, share with our audience how our listeners can find their superpower. And do you, you mind sharing that method with our audience? Oh, not at all. Um, actually, rebrand alert. It's called the Empower Method now. Empower Method. Um, okay. And it, it involves emotion, exposure, and evolution. So what those three E's are is the first step is emotion. So I work with a lot of authors that have had um, traumatic experiences. Others have had extraordinary experiences. And the emotion piece of it is, especially on the trauma side, is it's very easy to fall into the abyss of the emotion. And when I mentioned earlier about somebody providing way too much information, that's really where that comes from is because you can get lost in your story and, oh, this happened to me and then this happened and then this happened and suddenly you're spiraling downward in a way that's not healthy for you and it's not necessarily going to make a great book. So when I'm working with clients with that, we really do go into some of the depth of that emotion. And so for your listeners, what I want them to consider is how far can you think up think through your experience before it becomes overwhelming. And that's where you know your stopping point is for your story. When it gets to a point where you're feeling as if you're going to burst into tears or, uh, and, and really this, this applies more for these trauma stories, uh, or you're, you're going to be in a funk or a depression because you're thinking about this. The first thing I'm going to recommend is if you don't have a therapist, find one because there, there's, there's great value in working through these things so that you can share your experiences in a way that will be helpful. So being able to leverage that emotion 
but not being so lost in it. And so there are the, the, the one way is what I just mentioned of how can you get to that edge without falling off. Another is really becoming clear about how much of that story do you really want to, to share with other people? Because while you may feel that you need to share the whole thing, you really don't. So that's where the exposure piece comes in. So as you're thinking about these, the, the myriad stories that you have, at what point do you kind of get a gut feel like, that's, I, I just, I cannot share that. Well, if your gut is telling you that, then that's not something you should be sharing. Even if it seems like it's integral to your story, there are ways to write around it so that you don't have to share something that's so deeply personal. Um, I can, from, from my own life, I can share having, having had some experiences that were um, in, my, in my youth that were really traumatic that I actually didn't remember until I was older. If I was going to share those, I would never share the actual events, but I can talk around them so that people go, oh, I get it. I get what you're talking about. But then as we age into our experiences and our sharing, there is that evolution piece of it. So be aware that where you are right now may not be where you'll be even in six months. Because the great thing about being human is that we incorporate and we, it, we, we begin to slough off the ugly pieces and we begin to bloom more because we are sharing. So your story may evolve over time where you become more comfortable saying, okay, well, this happened too. But you, again, won't fall into the emotion. You'll be comfortable exposing yourself. And now you can share even more. Does that, that help? Sense. Yeah, it makes sense for the emotion. That kind of gets down to your core of what drives you and, and what kind of brought you to where you are today. How would you uh, recommend somebody take those um, an emotional base of, of where they're at today with their life and, and translate that into like a solopreneur type of superpower or a, a book writing superpower? How do they use those emotions uh, to help them to, I guess what I'm trying to say is, how do they bring that into something to help someone else? Great question. One of the things that, that you want to consider if you're thinking of starting a business or writing a book, you do have to consider how can that experience or those experiences help someone else. So, you know, for me, it seems easy if it's a book, then you're writing about what that is and how it's changed your life and how you've been able to move forward and how you've been able to overcome. If you're wanting to start a, a business with that type of a, with a background in some, to say something traumatic, well, can you tie that business into that experience or can you take that experience of overcoming and use that as your emotional bedrock of starting something new? So what, I'm, what I mean by that is you've developed some emotional resiliency because you survived something not great. Well, okay, owning a business isn't easy. We all know that. And it takes a lot of fortitude and tenacity. And sometimes, especially for introverts, you know, you know, being extroverted, you've already got that foundation. If you've done the work, if you've done that emotional work, you're much better suited to start your own business and, and, and have a path towards success than somebody who hasn't done that type of work. So that's, that's where I would use that emotional piece of it. Can you give us an example, like somebody or including yourself or maybe a client, uh, if you're a coach, 
of how somebody has taken that and, and they've found uh, what their actual superpower is? Maybe what is an example of somebody that found their superpower? Uh, what would that look like? One of my authors um, was a, uh, she was a reluctant devotee to God. She was not religious. She had no interest in being a religious, in any religion. She, she was living her life. She, it was a pretty hedonistic lifestyle. She was having a blast, but tripped up pretty majorly um, in, in ways that were, were um, eye-opening for her. Through the grace of life, and, and I need to say the grace of God, she met her current husband, who was a man of God, who, who was very willing to help her along the path without pushing her along the path. Where she is today, she wrote a book uh, about her conversations with God. She's starting her own ministry and is creating her own platform to share her experience of God. She's been to Africa a number of times to do, uh, to do good works there, to help lift people up out of poverty. And so she, she's, she's moved from a place where you would say, oh, well, you know, she's, she's not being very productive in her life to a place where she serves God and does, is doing amazingly well and is incredibly happy. That's awesome. And it's funny because... What I've found is by serving others, you, you really are happier. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're always self-focused, it's hard to really find happiness. Happiness is found in serving. And, and that's, a, that's a great story. I love that. And by finding a purpose, um, that's really what a superpower is. It's finding mm-hmm. what is your purpose in life? What is it that uh, drives you? What is your God-given talent uh, that maybe it needs to be developed? Maybe it's hidden, but... Sometimes you have to, as Liz said, you have to dig into those emotional uh, underlying core of who you are and dig it out and polish it up and, and say, hey, this is who I am and this is how I can make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love uh, how you shared that story of taking someone who may be a bit a rough around the edges, but yet here we have someone now who is making a real difference in the world. And that, that's awesome. Uh, Liz, this, is, this has been a, a wonderful conversation. And, and I, I know there's so much more we can share. And I'd love to bring you on again <laughs> another time. Uh, but we do have to, have to get wrapping up. I would like to ask you, where can our listeners connect with you so they can learn more about you and, and perhaps even work with you if they're working on a book, for example? Well, you can certainly find all kinds of information on my website, where you, which is at fuzzydogllc.com. There are some uh, different free products there that you can uh, pick up. Uh, one is demystifying ghostwriting. If you're interested in uh, hiring a ghostwriter, but you don't know anything about the process, that's, uh, that's there. There's also the 35 questions you can ask a ghostwriter because you want to make sure you get the, the right one for you. Uh, and if you're writing your own book, there is self-editing for authors, which, will, which actually you will have access to and which is to help you get your book ready for an editor because you don't want to send your first draft to an editor and uh, I'm also on social media under fuzzy dog sometimes fuzzy dog LLC so I'm on Twitter Instagram Facebook LinkedIn under my name Lisbeth Tans Uh, I'm I'm kind of everywhere awesome and I understand you have a new podcast coming out as well right I do. I do. It's called The Author Confidential, which I'm having a lot of fun with. It's, uh, I love anything 1940s. So I'm really positioning this as I am a private investigator with a 1940s vibe. And we're investigating different things about the, uh, the author, author world, the book writing process, and uh, uh, uncovering the mysteries and, and helping solve cases. Oh, that's fascinating. So definitely look 
look at that, listeners. Uh, you enjoy those kind of books. I certainly encourage you to connect with Liz and, and definitely take advantage of her guide. I mean, if you have any kind of writing that you're doing, whether it's a book or even if it's just uh, long form writing or writing for your website, mm -hmm. it can't hurt you to take a look at her editing guide. So you kind of avoid some of the most common mistakes and it's free. So take advantage of that resource. Uh, well, Liz, this is, again, it's been terrific talking with you today and I appreciate you taking the time to, to join our audience. And I encourage our solopreneurs to, to reach out to Liz. Again, her website is Fuzzy Dog LLC. That's a fuzzy with two Zs. And I encourage you to uh, connect with Liz. And again, thank you, Liz, for being on today. Steve, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for asking me to be on. And uh, I, uh, I hope people take, take up the uh, self-editing for authors because it really, it, I designed it to be easy to use. And, uh, but I really appreciate being on your show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. Come soar with us by joining our community at startgrowsoar.com. Again, that's startgrowsoar.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, it's Steve Combs again. You can find all the links and show notes from this episode at startgrowsoar.com forward slash 002. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to click subscribe and leave a rating so others can find the show too. Thank you for listening.